the Dream 3 Podcast, episode number 33. We are talking the Masters Golf with a couple friends of the show, Robbie's Cards, a.k.a. Alex Robbins, and Adam Hawk from Nation Golf. Here we go. Pumped to have one of the biggest sporting events in the world coming up next weekend. We got the Masters. We brought in some great guests for this week's show. We have friend of the show as normal, Alex Robbins, a.k.a. Robbie's Undersports Cards. And a big-time guest, one of the actual sponsors of this show, even though we don't really do anything, but I promote this. I promote his brand because I love the guy, Mr. Adam Hawk, who is the CMO and the minority owner of Nation Golf. Adam, thank you for taking the time to join us as you drive down the Southern California Highway. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Sorry that I'm doing you such an injustice of being in the car for this. As a former radio producer, it pains my heart that I'm doing this to you guys. But the good news is I'm potentially going to be parked here in about 25 minutes if the traffic stays clear. And so I can get a better connection and be fully focused on the show. But regardless, thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, just quick background. So Adam, you know, used to be an executive producer and radio. I met him through a radio show that I was very fond of. We became friends. And you know what? Um, he came out to an NHRA drag race. We really kicked it off and kind of became that much closer. You know, he got with Nation Golf, this golf brand. And, you know, being as a friend, I always feel like, hey, if your friends are doing something that, that are kind of going outside their comfort zone, maybe trying to make it a big step in life, you always support those guys. So, you know, we've always supported Nation Golf with their merchandise. Great, you know, uh, kind of uh, uh, golden era style golf gear. Um, and anything we can do to support Nation Golf, we always have. So actually, I'm going to give the floor to Adam for a little bit. Adam, please tell our listeners about Nation Golf, how you got involved with Ryan, and kind of like your plans starting out to what they are now. Well, God bless you, Caleb, for that introduction. And uh, nice to meet you, Doughboy and Robbie. Um, yeah, so nice Nation mustache. Golf, hey, thanks so much. Uh, I wish Nation I could grow one. was something... I bet you can. You just got to give it some time. It's not like this happens overnight. This is like I a need, month. I need like thing. mustache growth cream or something. Can you hook me they up? They have that now. Yeah, I need they it. They have that. It works. Um, yeah, so Nation Golf was something that was put in front of me by the good old Instagram algorithm as I was searching for vintage golf clothes. And, you know, to get vintage golf clothes, you either got to go to a thrift store or be the same size as your grandpa. And luckily, I uh, found nation and then um was kind of like wow this is the coolest stuff i've ever seen i wonder why the following is so criminally low for how cool this stuff is and so then i reached out and uh took ryan to dinner and kind of pitched myself to come on board and help him do the thing and i've used this analogy many times so pardon me the uh, repetition but if you guys have ever seen breaking bad walter white makes the best meth but he doesn't know how to sell it and jesse pinkman doesn't make it but he knows how to sell it and so i was like let me be jesse you be walt uh, I'll sell it and uh, you make it. And it's been a great partnership and Ryan has uh, quickly become one of my best friends. And so uh, we run Nation and we have a great time doing it. And as you mentioned, Caleb, I was previously producing the Jim Rome show where we met because 
uh, the guy that you work for, Cruz Pedregon, and Jim are really great friends. And uh, you guys had me out to a drag race, and that was super fun. And you and I became friends that way. And uh, I know you're doing your own thing now with the with the cards. So it's super cool that we met in one arena, and now we're both doing other stuff, and we're able to hang out. Absolutely. And uh, one thing I wanted to touch on, Adam, with Nation Golf, if people go to the website, nationgolfco.com, check out everything, uh, you see a lot of like what we call the golden age of golf. I feel that's something that you guys really push, you really enjoy. Why is that so important to you? And I want to use a drag racing analogy. We think of the golden era of nitro funny car racing in the 70s, in the 80s, the fa the fabulous floppers. When you look back at the Jack Nicholas days, the old school days, the cigar and and uh, uh, a shot of Jack or something like that. Like, why is that so important to you in, in growing that game? Well, the same reason it's important for you and Cruz to look back at this time where you just feel like, hey, the thing I love was at its absolute best. It looked the coolest. It acted the coolest. It had the best people doing it. So you look back at Arnie and Jack and Lee Trevino and uh, these legends of yesteryear who dressed to the nines for golf. They weren't covered in logos. They were wearing hard collar shirts. They were beautiful slacks. And um, they just looked good. They had a cigar in their mouth. They had a drink in their hand. They partied harder than anybody but they won golf tournaments and they were all about the fellowship of golf, the, the friendships and how to conduct yourself with fans and sponsors and patrons. It was just, a, it was a different time. And um, the word we use is timeless. You look back at these guys, you see pictures of them from the fifties and sixties and you think to yourself, damn, those guys look good. They were dapper. Uh, they were put together and the stuff you see, you know, in 2020, 2021, 2022, when you're looking back at them, you're like, they look as good today as they did back then. So that whole timeless era of looking like a gentleman, looking like a man's man, and that never going out of style even 70 years later is definitely something that um, we have glommed onto and something that we want to continue to foster uh, for this current and future generation because, um, you know, some things are tried and true and can never be beat and tucking in a clean press shirt into a pair of slacks and having a cigar between your teeth and a scotch in your hand while playing a great game of golf. That's uh, that'll never go out of style. Absolutely. And also, Adam, I wanted to, uh, to also add that not only are you with Nation Golf, but you also just got a new role at the SCGA as the Assistant Director of Communications. How is that jumping, obviously, from the radio business into the game that you love? Is it kind of like, you know, you're now at a point in your job life where, you know, you're doing something that you love, so it's not like you're going to work? Uh, yeah, that's, that's a great way to put it. The, the thing with this new gig is I'm still in like the learning process the assistant director of communications role has a lot of things that i simply just don't know how to do because it's not in my background but it has a lot of stuff that i do know how to do and i'm i bring kind of a fresh perspective and a fresh producing eye to it so uh, it's mutually beneficial i'm learning a lot of things and i'm bringing some new ideas to the association and helping them skew younger also i'm helping them tell their story a lot of people don't know what a local golf association does or why you need a governing body for amateur golf um, and they do so many great things and they, they work with the kids. They give benefits to their members, allowing them to go play country clubs at discounted rates where they normally wouldn't be able to get in. Um, they help you build clubs so you can play with your friends. They 
help you keep a handicap. And so they do all these cool things that are super important to the game. And um, I'm there to kind of help them get that story out. And yeah, you're right. Being able to own a golf apparel company and then go work in golf for the old nine to five with the full time and benefits is uh, a pretty great thing. And I feel blessed to do it and kind of jumping out of radio after being in it for 14 years. I didn't know exactly how it would go. And so far, so good. So all you got to do is you got to make take the leap of faith sometimes. But now let's kind of get into what our goals were for this weekend. Obviously, Masters are coming up. Biggest thing, I think, coming into the week, Tiger talk. Tiger's saying he's a game-time decision. Um, you have reports, you know, him practicing, looking good. Neil, I'll start with you. Your thoughts, obviously, do you believe Tiger's going to play? It, if if Tiger can swing a club in his hand, he's he's going to make the attempt to play. Whether or not he gets to the cut or not, makes it through the cut, we'll see. But, I mean, I'm I'm a Tiger fan through and through. If Tiger has a chance to play, Tiger's going to play. Alex? Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat as Neil. I mean, I'm obviously a pretty big Tiger fan too, and, you know, he, I mean, he looks good. I mean, if you've seen any of the videos or the footage, I mean, he looks good walking, looks good swinging, you know. And and I think that if all goes well and, and he gets out there, maybe I think they said he wants to practice, you know, Wednesday. But if all goes well, I think I think he's going to give it a go. And, I mean, he's, he's made, what, 22 of 23 cuts, I think, that he's played in the Masters or something absurd like that. So, you know, I guess you never count him out. Does he so? Let, let's say that he's into this, and uh, Adam, I'll kind of let you tailor on with this. Him saying he's a game time decision. Does that positively affect television going into it? But let's say let's play devil's advocate. He pulls out at the last second. Does that make a huge dip in television ratings, or are we are we banking on just the tiger going plain? Well, first off, I totally agree um, that he is going to play. Tiger does not show up to Augusta and put himself through what he's going through right now if he's not absolutely going to play. It's 100% going to happen. And that course, Augusta National, is very undulated. It's very hilly. You can't always pick that up on television. The fact that he's able to walk around it right now is, one, a miracle, considering what happened to him just over a year ago, and two, uh, totally shocking to everyone because he had told people recently that the next time we were going to see him was going to be at the 2023 father-son PNC tournament. So for him to show up out of nowhere like this at a place where he's won five times um, is a total indication that he's 100% going to play. The only reason he says he's the game time decision is it gives him some wiggle room if something goes horribly wrong between now and then, and he has them all, which it should over the next 48 hours, he's going to be there. And beyond be there, he's going to have a chance because Augusta National favors those who have played there and won there. Tiger has said many times that Augusta is all about where you miss. It's not about making great shots. It's about knowing where to miss because that course rewards the people that know what's going on. And as a youngster, Tiger made the decision to play his practice rounds with Jack 
and uh, Fred Couples and Marco Mira. So he knows that course better than anyone. He is not only uh, going to play, he's an instant contender to win, which is insane and awesome. And as far as the TV ratings go, uh, he transcends golf. He doesn't move the needle. He is the needle. So, yes, the ratings will absolutely spike if he's in it, especially on the weekends. I don't know what he'll do for the weekdays because it's on ESPN. Not everybody has it. And not everybody cares about Thursday and Friday golf. They're, they're at work. Your hardcore golf fan isn't just going to be watching the Masters on Thursday and Friday. They're going to be watching it on multiple screens and have their streams set up. It's the Super Bowl of golf. But that casual fan on Saturday and Sunday, uh, they will absolutely be checking in more so than they would have been if he's not in it. And if he does pull out, yes, the ratings will dip. No question. So jumping into, we'll kind of stick on this topic, but let's kind of move sports card focus. Adam, you said before we we jumped on air, you did a little collecting back in the day in sports cards, kind of what kind of sports cards were you into? Who did you collect? Kind of give us your little background on that. I was into baseball cards um, in the mid nineties and I exclusively collected primarily Ken Griffey Jr. cards. And at one point I had 108 different Ken Griffey Jr. cards, uh, including the classic upper deck rookie card. Um, I used to go and buy Beckett's and see how much they were worth. Um, and I had shoe boxes and binders and cases full of this stuff. Unfortunately, I made a terrible decision that I still regret today which was to give that card collection away to like a young kid who was over at my house. Um, and I thought, hey, I'll just pass this on to somebody who would get a kick out of it because I'm 17 and I don't need them right now. And I don't think I'll ever need them again. And uh, boy, was that a huge mistake. Neil, do you know off the top of your head what a PSA 10 upper deck Griffey goes for? Griffey? Yeah, the upper deck. Uh, 89 upper deck rookie PSA 10. I would say probably three grand, four grand. No. No. Not the not the upper deck one. No. No way. Is that, I think it's like a pop. It's like isn't that like a pop like ten thousand or something. Four thousand. I'm looking right now. Yeah. So pop four thousand on the ten. What is it? Let me guess. Thousand bucks. No. So the last three have done. 1950, uh, three grand, three grand, yeah, and then two. People are paying so, three grand for that. Yeah, so you're in the 1900 to 3000 dollars range for that card. Um, yeah. But uh, we're talking golf, golf cards. Alex, big Tiger Woods collector. Obviously, Neil also big Tiger Woods collector. I have one Tiger Woods card. For you guys who are big time tiger collectors and we're talking you know anywhere from the thousand to ten thousand dollar range card what does it do if he plays this weekend what do you what what type of spike percentage are you seeing or or do you believe that's going to happen go ahead neil if you want to go well if you're holding tiger woods you're probably going to be making money that's all i can say i don't expect it I mean, I don't expect it to go like nuclear, obviously, unless he wins. But if he manages to play himself into the weekend, it, like I could, you could probably easily say you're going to see a 33% jump on everything that you have. Because would it, would it not, would it, and like what Adam said, Tiger doesn't move the needle. He is the needle and he is golf. So 
when you have the greatest player ever in the history of golf playing and playing at a high level, it just carries the sport. It's like LeBron in basketball. It's like Brady in football. When those players are playing great and they're playing at the highest level and they're winning championships, it carries the sport because it, it allows other things to, you know, lift and it allows other cards to lift. It gives more eyes and attention on that sport. So I would have fully expect that if Tiger is playing and he makes a weekend, I would fully expect to see a jump because it means he's back. And that's what people want to see in golf. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll follow up with that too. I, I agree hundred percent. And I would say over the last, I don't know, I followed, I followed his market really close. Um, and I, and I have some nice cards um, of his and he's kind of, he's kind of slowly risen, you know, he, in, in February when he got in the car accident, I don't know if you guys know, but his prices just went absolutely insane. And they cooled off rather quickly when people realized he was alive, I think, and he was going to be okay. Um, and they kind of dipped. And then all of a sudden, October, November, December, started to see that increase. Um, and then now you've seen a pretty significant increase, especially in his higher end, rarer cards. Um, but even, you know, even in his, his rookies and his, his other stuff too. But man, if it, I think, I think if he comes back, completes Thursday, Friday, makes the cut, like Neil said, I think people are going to say, okay, he's back. And they're going to start prospecting on when's he going to win again. Right. And is he going to win a major? Is he going to get to the all-time record of 83 wins, you know? And I think you're going to see some of the bigger guys who have maybe been hesitant to hop in on, on nice Tiger um, say, okay, this guy's back. He was on every news channel for the last, you know, week, you know? I mean, he was on he was on Toledo's 6 p.m. news the last couple of days. Tiger arrives to and, – and, you know, Tiger arrives to Augusta, and it's like that guy – you know, if you have his cards, obviously, I think you're in for a, a nice bump. And especially if he, I mean, if he wins, I don't even want to know what's going to happen to him. You brought up a good point, Alex, that I think people don't realize about Tiger. Other, like, we know he's back, but one more win, period, makes him the all-time leader in wins. Like, that's the equivalent of, you know, having the most points ever, the most Super Bowls, most passing yards, whatever you want to call it. Like, that is the pinnacle of golf, other than, like, majors, but... Like you're owning all the, the statistics. You own them all, and that's the last one, or one of the last ones. Tiger's chasing. That's a huge one. So that's it. I mean, that's a that's another one to to really consider and and take into account when you want when you want Tiger. You know, he's going to own everything. Yeah, so, and I you know I get I I guess I I would say you know is that his motivation is to get back and, and say you know what screw that I want to I want to be that number one guy and I'm going to make this last last push, you know, if my body allows, I'm doing it and I'm going to go win, you know? So yeah. we're, so more than likely we're expecting a record breaking sale, obviously depending on the, what card you have autograph patch. My question to you, let's say tiger wins. Is there a possibility <laughs> of somewhere out there, a million dollar tiger card? Yes. The question is which one, right, Alex? Mm. Yeah, what do you think? I'd say if you can find 
do they have any, they don't have anything lower on the SP gold, do they? The O one SP no. gold. So they have the SP authentic gold, um, which is out of a hundred. And I think yeah. last one did 240 grand. Um, and there's one on, I think, Golden right now. Well, what, which one did 240? The PSA 10 SP Authentic Gold out of 100. And I don't know if that can get to 100, though. Or, um, yeah, or get million. to a million. And, and my thing is, is, is what about a PSA 1010? Yeah, that probably gets a little bit, a, a little bit closer. Um, I, you remember the the uh, some of the parallels? The, yeah. the what's the isn't there a parallel out of four? There is a parallel out of four of the uh, sign of the times red. Yeah. Um, so so he's got he's got that one out of four, and there's one out of twenty nine too. Um, so those are two pretty rare. You think out of the four has a chance? Yeah, because I don't cause know what the well, grades are. Well, I, I've talked to you know some of the the big big whales in the tiger community and you know they've been collecting cards since 2001 right of his and that's when his first card came out um that they've said they've only seen one of the number to four in the in the last 20 you know 21 years so i think that could do it like one number to four i mean that's as close because i don't think there's any one-on-ones out of one products is there i don't believe so so that's probably the closest thing He's got, so he's got, so I don't know if you know, he's got this card. This is one of my, t- I don't know if I can't see. One of my yeah, the Players Inc. Yeah, the Players Inc. Uh, SGZ 10. But he's got a, a Players Inc. gold out of 25. Um, that is a really sought after card. And I don't know the grades on that, but I'm assuming that would see a pretty significant jump. And he's also has, um, I think he's got a sign of the Times gold as well out of 25. I could see it. I could see it easily passing a half million. I don't know if I could say a million yet. Yeah, but uh, you know, if if he's winning, if he does well, if he continues to play, it's that you know, it's a hot time to sell, but it's a great time to hold. And we're obviously all thinking long term investments. Uh, like perfect example, Tiger Woods rookie card, two thousand one upper deck, nine point five. I bought this. You know, right before the accident for a hundred bucks. I was gonna say I remember you saying it was like super cheap. And this I guarantee, let's say he does the show, at least four hundred, maybe. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure the BGS tens were were pushing like three, four, five K yeah. in that initial spike. So I could see a I could see definitely see that if the BGS tens drop go back up to three you know PSA 10 goes to 15 for sure that's that's got a, a 95's got a chance to get to you know 600 mm-hmm. yeah i think people. i think i think accident i think i think they were going for 600 for a 95 i really if i remember right yeah PSA 10s were over you know were over i think they're 1200 at yeah. least yeah you know and and BGS 10s were over 2 grand yep. so all right yeah so- there's definitely potential so moving on from Tiger cards, we'll jump back into cards towards the end. Let's get back into the Masters. I got three categories for everybody, and we'll we'll start with the first one. Guys who you think have the opportunity to win this weekend. Obviously, the odds-on betting favorite right now is John Rahm. Adam, I'm going to start with you. Give me two guys on your list who you believe have the best opportunity to win this weekend or next weekend. This weekend. This week. Sorry. Oh, 
Adam, you good? and Jordan Spieth hmm. swinging the hottest stick. Can you hear me? Yep, got you now. Yes. All right, great. <laughs> so, Scotty Scheffler and Jordan Spieth, to me, um, are my two picks. Scheffler is really swinging a hot stick right now. He's won three of the last five tournaments he's been in, and obviously that's kind of like an easy pick, like, oh, yeah, the guy that's winning a lot. But uh, being hot in golf, and if you are feeling it, then I like the guy who feels like he can't be beat when he's standing over the ball, and that's definitely Scheffler right now. He just beat Dustin Johnson in match play, which is no easy feat. He took down the Arnold Palmer at Bay Hill, which is amazing, and he won the Waste Management Open, which is also a big tournament. So he's, he's won some three big tournaments coming into the biggest tournament. And then there's Jordan Spieth, who just has – without a doubt, like the most ridiculous showing at Augusta. His first three years, he won it and finished second. And since then, in the last five years, he's added a runner-up and another top three. So he is one of these guys who just loves it because he's an artist and he feels comfortable at a place that's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. And Jordan has been due for a long time. He won in Texas last year, but who cares? It wasn't a really big tournament. Uh, he's due for something big. And uh, this could be it. If his putter gets going, um, he's one of the best putters out there. And Augusta is one of the hardest places to putt. So I like Scheffler and Jordan Spieth as, uh, as my two picks. Alex, go ahead. What's yours? Yeah, and I'll add on. I was going to add on to the Jordan Spieth. I think I saw on Sunday at the, at the Valero, Texas, I think his strokes gained approach was like seven. And so, you know, what Adam said, if his putter gets hot and his irons are, are like that, you know, I, I, yeah, I certainly, I certainly see him in contention as, as it seems like he always is. Um, but the two guys that I was thinking um, are, you know, again, JT and uh, I was going to say Scheffler um, as well, just because he's obviously scorching hot right now. Um, but one guy that I think always – can compete at Augusta is Brooks. So I'm going to say those two guys and, and I'm not a, a huge Brooks guy. Um, but I don't, in, in 2019, I think he finished runner up to tiger and, you know, I think he kind of withstood the, the tiger prowl fairly well. Right. As, as you know, a lot of people, you know, AKA Francesco kind of fell apart when tiger was, was right there breathing down his neck. Um, and, and I think he, you know, obviously has always said that the majors are the only thing that are important, at least in his mind. Um, and so I think I give him a, a pretty good chance if, if he's healthy and, and swinging it well, um, and puts himself in a good spot on Thursday. Um, and I, and I said, JT, I mean, he's obviously one of the best golfers in the world. Uh, you know, he's very, you know, uh, he's great. And he just played a practice round with Tiger, you know, one of, you know, you hear about their relationship and it's so strong now, you know, I just, I just have to imagine what he's learned from Tiger over the time he's been down. And, and if there was ever a time where Tiger was like, I'm not playing so I can, you know, share knowledge or if he had any hints, tricks, you know, tips like that, as, as I could see that becoming to, to JT's benefit, but I also like him. So, you know, there's a little bit of a bias there too, but those are two guys that I would say. All right, so I'm going to start off with my first guy, Victor Hovland. Um, 
younger guy on tour, really talented, um, very creative. Um, seems like he can dominate a golf course. He's one of those guys who, like, if you were to say, like, who is the next generation? And I know we've we kind of already are, you know, kind of have like the Sandra Shoffley, the Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth <laughs> generation, but that next generation of like Morikawa, Victor Hovland, Scotty Scheffler, like Hovland is definitely in there as as a guy who has the talent and has the mind space to be able to finish. It's just a matter of can he do it on the world's biggest stage? Um, I think he has that ability. It's just when it comes down to Augusta, it's, it comes down to not shanking your ball on the 17th or 18th hole. If you can do that, you got a shot. Um, so that's my number one. Number two um, this week is Rory McIlroy. And the reason why is because this is the only championship or only major championship he doesn't have. And I feel like for a guy with so much expectation on his career, Rory is definitely chasing the Masters. And he's progressively gotten better each and every year. The more time that he's spent um, at this course, like we've said before, you get more comfortable. You know where you can miss. A guy like that with as much talent as he has, this this is definitely he, he's setting himself up to put himself in that position. So those are two guys um, that I like. I actually had a third. I'll just say it real quick. Patrick Cantley. Um, for the past 12 months, he's probably been, you know, uh, one of, if not the best golfer in the world, constantly puts himself at the, at the top of the leaderboard and always gives himself a chance to win on Sundays, especially in the majors, um, winning the, he won the FedEx cup last year, right? Yeah. Wins the FedEx cup, um, wins the tour championship. And then now he's got a chance to kind of capitalize and continue that ball rolling at the masters. I like the guy, especially in he didn't make the cut last year, but that was his only time he's ever not made the cut. I think he's made top five like three or four times already in his first five starts or something like that. So he's really good, um, plays the course well. You know, again, it comes down to can you finish on Sunday? Mm -hmm. And I think that's another guy who who definitely has a chance. Yeah. So my two, I had I had JT. You know, Thomas has five. Uh, straight top 25 finishes at Augusta Nationals, including a tie for 21st in 2001 or 2021. Um, he fired a five, five under 67 in the second round to pull within three strokes of the lead uh, combined, you know, four over in the final 36 holes. He's got five top tens in the nine starts on tour this season. Um, the other guy that I kind of had, just kind of looking through real quick that I would have thrown my money on is probably Rory. Um, even though Rory has struggled and he missed the cut last year. Um, I think he'll still, he, he's got the opportunity to still complete the career grand slam um, joining Jack and Gary and Ben Hogan. Um, so I'm, those are my two that I'm going to bank on in my, I'm going to call tier one. So, Tier two, let's say if everything goes right for these two players, your two players, if the world was not perfect, but things fell in line, who are your two guys that could maybe aren't top tier contenders? It could be a top tier contender, but things have to fall in line for them to have a shot. Adam, if you're still on, I'd let you take this question first. 
Yeah, and now I'm on Wi-Fi and I'm stationary, which is great. All right. Um, yeah, so I would say um, Abe Answer. He's got great short game. He's played in the Masters before. I love Abe Answer as a second tier guy. Um, and let me think of a second. Yeah, Paul Casey too. Paul Casey seems to just always be like hanging around there, like top ten in big tournaments, like. Uh, the players, and so it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Paul Casey came out of nowhere to uh, to win it. And I guess you can't really call it nowhere because he's a top twenty five player. But Paul Casey and Abe Answer would be my second tier picks. Alex, yeah, well, so so I had Spieth in my second tier just because the way he's kind of been a roller coaster over the last few years. Um, and so I think if I think if everything goes right, right, putter got hot. You know, the leaderboard wasn't crazy. You know, nothing, nothing crazy happened. I think, I think he could have a, a real shot at, at winning. And, and so, if you want to consider him, um, and then a guy that's, I mean, he's a top top tier player, but no one really <laughs> talks about. So I'm going to go with him. Um, is Cam Smith, um, and so I think I think anybody who has the guts to go at the flag on 17 at Sawgrass on Sunday to kind of seal a win. You know, I think, I think we'll feel pretty confident at 16, 17 and 18 on Sunday going down the stretch. Um, and so, you know, I think that confidence could, could help. I know he's not necessarily a, a second tier guy, but he's one that doesn't get a whole lot of talk. So I guess I included him in there. Uh, I, when I'm looking at kind of this, the field, you know, the odds on favor is John Rom. So let's just say, you know, the field just plays out the way it normally does. John Rom's going to be there on Saturday and Sunday. John Rom has the ability to run away with the tournament. Um, he's playing hot, hot, hot golf when it comes to majors. Like John, Rahm, even though he's a top tier guy, you know, a top five player in the world, John Rom's probably one guy who. You know, if everything goes right, he could just just dominate the entire the entire field. Um, and then my other guy, who we'll call him a dark horse, um, he, he he's he's one of those guys where you like where you look at the major tournaments and you're there on like Saturday and Sunday and you're like, really, this guy's always there? Like he's he's like every single tournament, he's like top 10 he's somewhere in the top 10 field um and that'd be xander shoffley um the dude just like if you were on DraftKings, put xander shoffley in your lineup and you're guaranteed to make it to saturday and sunday and probably get yourself a top 10 so like if you're trying to play the you know you pick six player pool where you pick six players for the tournament xander shoffley is going to get you there like he will period and he's so consistent at it um Sometimes he just needs, sometimes he just needs a little luck to go his way. So maybe that's what we need for him. Is you know everything the world goes right, Xander Shoffley finally wins. So that's my two. The two I had, you know, if everything goes right, one this guy's going to be making his actual Masters debut. I have Sam Burns. You know, his third, you know, his third win on tour. He won at the Valspar last month. I think it's a good opportunity that you know he keeps playing strong and some guys stumble, there's a good opportunity for him to just creep up in the field. Uh, the second guy I have is a Canadian, uh, Corey Connors. 
and one of the best ball striker on tour. Um, and showed it at the Masters. He tied for 10th in 2020, tied for 8th in 21. Last year, he became only the sixth player to record on ace, an ace on the par three. So another guy who, that's what we're looking for, guys to stumble. If I look at it in drag racing terms, if I have a premier player, all I have to go is A to B, play my game. Hopefully, the guys in front stumble, and I just play my A to B game, making it down, um, hitting my shots. The, lot, the last thing for you guys, and I'll start with Adam, if there, if miracles can happen, someone out of the blue, you're dark horse, you're from the back of the pack, you know, the feel-good story of all time, who are the two people you would pick that would come out of nowhere to win the Masters? Um, I think Charlie Hoffman because he's like the king of leading the tournament on Thursday and then absolutely disappearing. So it'd be kind of fun to see him actually know what it's like to play when it matters. He's he's hilarious. Like I can't wait to get to the Thursday presser and talk about his 66 and then he just is a complete disappearing act. Um, so garbage truck Chuck would be great um, on the weekend. Uh, that, that would be fun to watch. Um and I think, let's see, um, who would be a fun guy that's just way the hell down there? Uh, this guy isn't way the hell down there, but I would absolutely love to see this guy win, and that would be Tyrrell Hatton. Um, he is one funny dude. He's he, he talks to his ball more than Jordan Spieth, but it's actually fun talk. It's all like self-deprecating and him telling the world how much he sucks. So Tyrrell Hatton would be a wonderful master champion, and he would make that champion's dinner every year awesome. So uh, Tyrrell Hatton and uh, Garbage Truck Chuck would be my two. Alex? Well, I'm just going to say, if miracles happen, why not give it to Tiger, right? Like, like, come on. Like, like what a story that would be, right? That's if, that's if miracles happen. I mean, you know, that would be – I mean, that would – I saw somebody say if Tiger came back and won, Twitter would turn into something physical and literally explode. So, and I, I thought that was pretty funny because I can't even imagine um, what that would be like. And then, and then a guy for me that I would like to see uh, is Brian Harmon um, because I'm a left-handed golfer and I'm not very big and he's, he's pretty small and he's left-handed. So, so that would be pretty cool for not only lefties, but for, for short guys out there who don't hit it that long, but you know, if those are, if miracles happen. Uh, no, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent, Alex. The, the miracle of the tournament is Tiger Woods. Yeah. It would be what it would do for, for golf, what it would do for the hobby, what it would do for just people who love sports. Like Tiger Woods is miracle. Like let's, let's get it done. Let's let it happen. He's number one pick. Um, without question like I, I don't know anybody who would not be happy for tiger to win this tournament if if everything if a miracle did happen so definitely tiger woods the other one that i have and this is a guy who's been trying to win a major for i don't know probably as long as i've been alive lee westwood um he's got like he's got a, a tie for second in two years at the masters um, tied for third in the PGA Championship, tied for third in the U.S. Open twice, finished second in the Open Championship. Um, that's a guy who, like, and he's got the talent. He's still skilled. Last year he played really well. Um, 
he was a guy that people even started to pick to win the next major um, kind of going into the end of the year. And for some reason, it just didn't work out. And that's kind of been the story of his entire career. It's just the wheels fell off right at the last second. And he just never got, never won the major. And and he's well-deserved of it. So um, a miracle would be, for him, for Lee Westwood, a miracle would be winning, winning the Masters. I also on my list had Lee Westwood, you know, two-time Masters runner-up, you know, at age of 48. So um, like you said, if there are miracles, that's it. Uh, my second guy that I had was Francesco Molinari, um, the Italian. You know, the collapse. Um, but I will add this for, for Molinari. Everybody forgets he played with Tiger in the final round of the Open Championship, and he's the one that downed Tiger to win that championship. People forget that he managed to, to kind of stand off those roars before. It's just that the Masters tiger won that one so maybe there's a rubber match well yeah he went 40 he went 49 straight holes without a bogey before closing with a two over 74 on sunday as tiger won his fifth green jacket now last year he finished 52nd so still you know if we're saying miracles can happen he's one of my miracle guys that we'll bet on uh, another guy uh siwoon kim possible miracle who knows you throw throw if we're you know the third part of our show is bets. If we're going to throw a little money on some Hail Marys, those are my Hail Mary bets. Um, Do we have odds? Do we have odds? I just pulled them up. Uh, John Rahm was uh, plus 1,300 as of this morning. Was that FanDuel? Yes. Yeah, I was pulling that up. Yeah, John Rahm's he's at 1,400 right now. Justin Thomas second, Cameron Smith third, uh, Dustin Johnson, Scotty Scheffler, Spieth. Um, so really not a bad play if you're picking guys to win right now. Tigers that, at 5,000. That's not a bad, not a bad bet. You're telling me you don't, wouldn't put a hundred dollars on Tiger to win in a heartbeat. Plus 5,000 in a heartbeat. So let's focus now on the golf card community in general especially when we look at times of major sporting events, the Super Bowl, football cards skyrocket, NBA playoffs, basketball cards skyrocket. Baseball is kind of waiting until October towards playoff time. You know, right now, as Adam said earlier, this is the Super Bowl of golf. Do you feel the excitement in the card community over golf cards right now? Alex always does. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course, I always do, right? Like, I, like I've been buying Tiger, you know, the last two years, and so, you know, and and I've dabbled into <laughs> Phil and Rory and some of and you know some of those guys, and <coughs> the only one who seems to be consistent is the needle, right? And so, you know, I I think you'll see an increase. And I think we already have seen an increase in Tiger liquidity or the number of high-end collectors or, you know, people who are getting into Tiger Woods and, and even small-time guys, right? Oh, the, I've had, you know, a few people reach out to me and say, hey, you know, I, I want to get one Tiger Woods rookie. Like, which one do you think, right? And it's like, okay, yeah. And so, so yeah, I think if, if he's back in the news and he's playing well and there's exciting young guys 
I think there could be a, a, an increase, um, but I do think that Phil, Jack, Arnold Palmer, those guys, you know, if Tiger started to elevate the, the golf card world, I think those guys would maybe see the the next kind of bump, um, you know, as it is with basketball, you know, LeBron Jordan, and then, you know, the next kind of the guys that follow that market. Um, but in general, it's a, it's, it's, it's a tiger market. I mean, it really, it really is. Mm -hmm. He's the only one who competes with basketball card prices at this point. Um, and in that standpoint, in terms of the goats, I think he's, he's super undervalued. Um, you know, his most expensive card is what 240,000, you know, a LeBron card sold for 5 million. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, I guess in, in terms of goat status and the way he's on the news, you know, when he's playing is, is, is undervalued in, in general. So but. I think that that brings up a good point because if we're saying that tigers underva undervalued golf cards in general are undervalued, it's more of a niche market program, such as Neil hockey, national treasures, hockey, uh, 2013, 2014. You don't see many hockey cards besides the Connor Davids, the Wayne Gretzky's, uh, the Sydney's, the Ovechkin sell for the big time money, but you can't tell me that there aren't collectors there. So kind of putting this kind of, I'm going to throw this to Adam's court, Adam, obviously you were a card collector of Ken Griffey jr. Back in the day. Now with your kids growing up, we kind of bring that full circle around. You feel like there could be an interest of collecting these golf cards with autographs, with game used uh, patches or, uh, tees or, you know, finding the Arnold Palmer, you know, used Jersey with his autograph on it. Is that something that you feel that you could get interested in and maybe pass that down to your kids? I don't know, because I feel like there's a big time learning curve to this whole thing, which I really respect. I respect the people who are on the cutting edge of where a certain kind of market is going, whether it be cryptocurrency nfts cards like these are things that guys like me hear about and it just sounds like a different language when i was collecting cards as a kid there weren't podcasts about it gary v wasn't screaming from the heavens about it there wasn't tmz reporting on million dollar cards being sold it was just like hey uh, i got this pack of cards from the comic book store i hope that something in here is cool that i like oh it is okay great um and then you look at a beckett and you are like oh this is worth something it's worth four bucks but i'm not going to sell it because a i am a kid and i have no idea how to sell stuff and b um this is worth more than four bucks to me so i wasn't like privy to any sort of market when i was collecting as a kid and i'm even less privy to it now because it's become extremely complicated in its own <laughs> stock market so it's kind of cool to hear you guys talk about what happens to a card when you know as morbid as it is people think that a tiger might be uh you know in serious peril and then what happens when he plays well in a weekend and how he's the only real card in the market and how lebron james goes for like 10x what he goes for so i find it all fascinating it's just way over my head and it would be one of these things where if my kids got into it organically because someone else in school told them about it i would absolutely tell them like Hey, that's pretty cool. I used to do that. And uh, you guys should educate yourself on it because this is actually like a real money making opportunity. Um, and it will teach you the responsibility of finding things, buying things and taking care of them. And 
that's one huge thing about cards is taking care of them. And so, yeah, if they wanted to do it, absolutely. I, I don't think I'll push them into it, though. Mm-hmm. So let, let me add on to this, Adam, and, and you probably you probably have some kind of interest in this. Do you think when you think of golf, you obviously don't think of cards, but if you were to collect something from golf, would you collect memorabilia? You know, that's a really great question. Um, I think, you know, the most popular thing people collect from golf is like a pin flag. If you go to a certain golf course or a tournament, the number one item that's sold in a gift shop is the pin flag because it's pretty practical. It's kind of classy and it tells people that you've been somewhere. It's like a passport that's easy to frame, easy to hang up. Um, I've never in my life seen a golf trading card until I was on this podcast and you guys were holding it up for the camera and it looked pretty sweet, honestly. Um, so if I, if I came across a golf card um, and it was a golfer that I really liked, yeah, I would pick that up and, and stash it and think that that was really cool. Um, as far as collecting, you know, golf is a pretty expensive game to be into from the jump, you know, greens, fees, clothing, uh, any decent golf balls, like $12 a sleeve. And, um, you know, you're drinking and booze and having a good time. By the time, by the time you're done with the day, you've spent like $150 on a hobby. It's sometimes hard to think like, Hey, here's some more discretionary income that's going to go towards collecting golf stuff. Um, and most people, like I said, that collect will go pin flags or clubs and, uh, I, at this point, do neither. Not to sound cliche, I guess I collect the memories and then those fade too. So, um, yeah, if I saw a card and I liked it, I would pick it up if I could afford it for sure. I feel like it's, you know, looking at golf and and especially with how expensive the hobby has gotten over the last year, year and a half, looking for those alternative boxes to open, looking for, kind of like Adam says, you know, it's, um, golf in general is a very expensive thing. Um, I kind of contribute that to Neil. Remember back in the day when we were playing paintball, when we were playing paintball, it's 150 bucks every time you go out there, basically. So golf, yeah, like just, two rounds, two rounds, just, you lose yeah, 600 paintballs and we're screwed. Yeah. So that, and then now being, you know, pulled away, athletic side kind of gone, but card collecting, I'm getting more interested kind of like, you know, we're pushing really hard for soccer. We're really on the soccer world cup this year. I think if I would have spent more time researching and kind of getting into the masters, I think there's a lot of value to be made on a lot of patch cards, a lot of, you know, middle of the tier auto golf cards that you could pick up, especially even though I don't, at one point this year, DeShambo was pretty high on the, on the auto list of, pushing prices and especially mm-hmm. with the i don't know i i'm gonna guess it's probably upper deck but had the face of the driver the autograph yeah. um those cards yeah, driver. those cards were pretty hot um i tried to pull a, a triple patch it had tiger jack and phil on it game used so stuff like that you know like we've said in the past that I kind of get the same feeling from Adam to me in, in our sports card world. Remember what we're looking for. We're looking for that game used patch. It's it was worn as they're playing at this tournament. That brings the value to me as a collector to put in my personal collection 
maybe to sell, maybe not to sell. So what are your thoughts on that, Neil? Um, well, I mean, Tiger is the golf market, but let's say Tiger is not winning or Tiger's just, you know, having an average weekend or he's just playing in the RBC Heritage Open, you know, what's going to, what's going to help is just Tiger being in the field, having a guy who wins all these tournaments, just having your goat figure be in golf helps to boost other people's card values. So when we think of like, um, like DeChambeau, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, it's not a bad idea to collect some of those things because they are undervalued in comparison to what Tiger is. So you go out and you buy a few of those, they win a tournament or they win a major, all of a sudden there's a spike. Or like Phil's undervalued and then all of a sudden Phil wins the PGA Championship like last year, his stuff goes up. So I think from that aspect, you could definitely go out if you were investing in that stuff from a collecting standpoint. Um, if you're just a pure collector of golf, find something you love. If you love patch cards, cool. For me and golf, if I didn't collect cards at all, I would be buying more Tiger Woods autographed flags or Rory McIlroy autographed flag. Or... Go ahead and show that flag, Neil. Move your move your head. Let's see it. Let's see it. I don't know. Can you see it? Yeah. This one? There. Yeah. I can go get it real quick. It's actually pretty sweet. Oh. Do you have Alex, one too? Alex got one too. You got the 19 one? Oh no, you have I got 2001. One. Yeah. Yep. So. Like Adam said, that stuff like that, very cool, very classy, hanging it up. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you got 19 Maybe. and then Alex, you got 20, 21. Yeah, 21. 2001. 21. Yeah. Yeah. Those are pretty sweet, guys. Yeah, so so the the flag that I have um, was signed at the 2001 Masters tournament, so that's a cool little little niche piece there that you can't really take away. So, so kind of closing up on this, Alex. Obviously, but hold on, one sec, oh, Caleb. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, going back to golf cards being undervalued. Yeah. The release of SP Authentic Golf, which is their premier product, right? Tiger Woods' best card comes out of SP Authentic Golf. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some of the higher end stuff is exquisite. <laughs> um, but SP Authentic Golf is releasing in May of this year. Um, and so hopefully with a Masters drum up, right? Tiger Woods plays Masters. People watch. People get interested. They see JT and really like him, right? Or, you know, Mark Howe and really like him. Um, I think you'll see that the release of that product could could drive a little bit higher. And I think that there will be some some really nice rookie autographs to come out of that product of the Morikawas in the Schefflers and those guys who could make that jump up into the conversation of being the next great golfer. And again, like any sport, people want a prospect. Right. And so. You know, uh, Colin's stuff from Artifacts was was still pretty high in comparison to a lot of others. And Bryson, as polarizing as he is, you know, I think that the SB Authentic release could could drum up some some interest, as it will probably be in all the hobby shops, you know, around. And and, and I know Tiger's got some really nice autographs coming out in that set too. I'm excited to to see those and and maybe land one or two. Uh, we'll see. Alex, maybe do they, they could do some of those tribute RPAs like they used to do. <laughs> I mean, 
Those would be sweet. Well, I mean, I know they did tribute SP Authentic like back to his 2001. Like they've done yeah. that in like 2013, 2014 product. And those sell really well, um, you know, for the Arnold Palmers and the Jacks. And they got people who signed those. Uh, Jordan's, you know, Jordan had to design that way too. And LeBron um, had the throwback to the Tiger stuff. And, and maybe they do some of that. But, you know, there's the, the exquisite throwback rookie patch auto, you know, that I know of five guys who are looking to get one they're number to 25 and I, I think the last one pushed 40k you know and, and it's like you know uh, yeah i mean but it's again it's it's tiger and, and not really anybody else yeah do they have a box do they have a price out on that box yet i think somebody told me the other day that it was around 600 uh per box okay um is it thing didn't didn't uh artifacts and and uh, game use didn't they release at like a thousand? They did, and then they fell pretty hard. So, you know, and, and the thing with artifacts, right? And, and the other one, they were all sticker autos. Mm, yes. So, you know, yeah, you pull a Tiger Woods auto, and in this market, sticker doesn't really drive, you know, the price. And, you know, Tiger's got cards from those two products that sell, you know, have some of the coolest photos, you know, of Tiger Woods, right? And his celebrations. And they're sticker autos and they go for, you know, 1500 bucks. Yeah. And, you know, SP Authentic comes out with a, a set. I don't know. They, they haven't released the official checklist. I'm pretty sure yet. They come out with a, a authentic moments, you know, card in a sweet pose and Sunday red on card, you know, low numbered. You know, I can see that doing some really, you know, some really high numbers. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would definitely be looking for some like Morikawa. Or like Victor Hovland or Scheffler, those would be those would be some nice ones. Yeah, and and you know DJ even he's got you know twenty wins or whatever he's got, and, and he's no no we can we, we don't need DJ. So you know I hate those. Yeah, I know. Okay, Rory for example, he's cheap, right? You know his, he, he's his really cheap. So you know I saw one of his uh, exquisite RPA, the true RPA pop up today, and it was like, ooh, that's a sweet card, you know, and and relatively you know, inexpensive in comparison to somebody as great as, as he is in his career that he's had. So, yeah. All right, Neil, final thoughts, podcast, uh, masters this week in sports. I'm watching it. I'm glued. I know it's going to be great. Craig's if, glued. You're going to throw down, throw down. You know, here's, here's the thing. Even if tiger, like, let's say he kind of just falls short or he doesn't play miraculously, just, doesn't play and bows out or he just doesn't make it to make the cut. There's great golf to be watched this weekend because mm -hmm. the talent level is so close together. Like there's 20 names of guys who are uber talented, who can win the tournament and they're all a joy to watch. So for me, like I I'm watching regardless. Alex, final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I live, you know, golf. I eat, breathe, sleep golf. You know, I'm a volunteer assistant coach at a, a D3 school, um, you know, and this is what the greatest week of golf every year, right? You know, I was watching the Augusta Women's Amateur on the weekend, you know, because you'll see Augusta on TV and as a golf fan, you know, that's, that's, a, that's the Mona Lisa of golf courses. And so you look and it's amazing and beautiful and 
the buzz is building, you know, like Neil said, I'll be glued to my T. I I mean, I was, I'm glued to TW Legion on Twitter, you know, watching tiger updates. And it's just like, this is kind of sickening, but you know, I'm a fan and I like it, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I've made my investment in, in what I think is going to happen and that's tiger. And so, yep. you know, uh, I think, I think it makes for a great weekend of TV, four days of, of people, you know, not only myself just being locked into, you know, sports. And I think sports betting also helps draw in people too. Hey, I'm going to throw down 20 bucks on, you know, Dustin Johnson, or I'm going to throw down 50 bucks on tiger. I'm going to throw down, you know, 20 bucks on Rory. And it gives me extra motivation to tune in on Saturday, Sunday down the stretch. So, you know, and go ahead and uh, pimp your Instagram and Twitter real quick for everybody. Me, uh, Instagram at Robbie's cards and uh, Twitter at Alex Robbins three. Um, my, my Twitter is slowly becoming less personal and more cards, um, by the day, you know, follow me, I'll follow back and, uh, hope you like what I have. I have a absolute monster of a card being posted tomorrow, um, that you guys know about. Um, but you know, oh, well, we'll see what happens. And then finally our big guest of the night, Mr. Adam Hawk, who we thank you for joining us. Not only is he with nation golf. He has a great podcast that is so much better than all ours called The Fellowship, as I'm watching right now with my other buddy, Jared Dienda, who is another beautiful human being. Adam, I know that you nuked your Twitter and your Instagram, but tell them one more time how they can find Nation Golf, how they can watch you on The Fellowship. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. And I nuked those things because one day it occurred to me I was looking at other people's families on my phone when my family was on the other side of it. And I was like, yeah, I don't need to do this anymore. Um, but yeah, we're uh, at Nation Golf, and um, we our YouTube show. If you search Nation Golf, we've got about 15 episodes up with really cool guests. Um, it's called The Fellowship. Your boy Jared Deanda's in there. He's the voice of uh, Drift. We talked to a tour caddy named Joe Etter. He's the looper for Pat and Kazire, and he's sponsored by us and wears our stuff, and we love him. So that was a cool episode. We got a big episode dropping tomorrow with a guy named Bradford Wilson. Um, and yeah, that's that's been a ton of fun. And I totally want to echo the sentiments that I will be glued to what's going on this week because, you know, Robbie was mentioning this is uh, it's the one tournament where the golf course is the star and you just cannot get enough of seeing it. And I don't want to speak for you guys, but I've never been there. And I feel like I know every single inch of the course because you've been watching it for two decades and you know what shot they have to hit where. Um, you know, on Sunday when there's that cross breeze on 12, you play for the middle of the green and take the par over Ray's Creek, which unfortunately Tony Finau, Brooks Kepka, and Francesco didn't get the memo in 2019, but Tiger knew and he took his par because Jack told him back in the day, that's a sucker pin. So there's all these cool things about Augusta that we all know and we've never been there before. And it's the Disneyland of golf. And that's what makes it so much fun. You could put the worst golfers out there and i would still watch it because that course is just immaculate so that's going to be great and the fact that tiger's there is absolutely incredible so it's going to be super fun and yeah can't wait one day we'll make it out we'll uh we'll get all three of us out there play around with you guys um in california or uh i got a buddy former pro golfer uh brendan bergen uh, who owns a golf shop in vegas we can meet in vegas and play around or so so uh, one more time, got to thank our sponsors, MySlabs, MySlabs.com. Buy and sell all your slabbed cards, slabbed comic books, and sealed wax for up to only 1% fees. 
gradedship.com. You know, ship your cards safely. The worst thing you can do is sell a very expensive card and it get crushed in the mail or by UPS or something. So also protect those slabs, protectyourslabs.com. Use code dream three to get 10% off your order. Graded card solutions. That's gradedship.com. Use code dream 15 to get 15% off your order. And finally, we had the man on here, nation golf, join the fellowship, go check out the website, follow the Instagram page. Get your cool swag. I bought it all for my brother-in-law this for this Christmas. I will always pimp and love and always wear Adam Hawk's gear while I'm out playing golf. So until next time, thank you, Alex. Thank you, Adam. This has been the Dream 3 Podcast. We will see you again next week. Thanks, man.